I think that word surprise, though, it's both exhilarating as well as terrifying That's to people. Sure. I think people should be happy that we're a little bit scared of this. I think people should You're be You're a little bit scared. A little bit, yeah, You personally. I think if I said I were not, you should either not trust me or be very unhappy I'm in this job. Hello and welcome back to those who joined me previously. I say hello again and to those joining me for the first time here, um, I'd like to say welcome. I hope that you actually enjoy or get something out of the conversations that we're having today or the conversations we're going to have in the future. And there is a lot for me to kind of unpack today. There's a lot of topics that I think are important, that I know are important, um, that need to be talked about. And, And there's so much content to kind of discuss. I am making this a part one of many more episodes to come after this. I hope you stay tuned for the entire conversation and kind of stick around to hear what some of the people that I've interviewed and some of my thoughts are. And because a lot has been sitting on our chest. And I think it would be wonderful to have this discussion openly and honestly and and really internalize how we're all feeling. Um, so I kind of want to start off by saying, you know, the world as of late, I know has been feeling quite, as I'd say, bass backwards or ass backwards. And I wanted to share some of my thoughts that might bring some of you some comfort give you a voice to kind of find solace in or have somebody to yell at to 100% disagree with me on the other side of the of the screen and I think that's all fine you know either way I hope that our conversation today means something to you or can make you feel in any way better whether through that's understanding whether that's through um encouraging someone to do something or just the simple fact of someone talking about and caring about an issue that might be impacting you. So hopefully you can find all of that here. Um, So without further ado, let's kind of get down into the, um, the topics. So today I'm starting off with the white gorilla in the room, which is, um, chat GPT. So for those who don't know what ChatGPT is, it is a language text tool, um, an artificial intelligence that can basically do anything you tell it to do. It can do anything. And that might sound just like, you know, lazy writing of, that's very descriptive of what it can do, but unfortunately, it's very precisely accurate. Um, this thing can do anything just short of going in your own kitchen and making making a sandwich Um, so chat GPT is like like I said previously it's a tool that you are allowed to type in any commands Um, things simple as tell me you know the 
Constitution of the United States or what is a synopsis of the Shrek movie, so something stupid, and um, you can do anything and it will give you that, that output. Um, you can even say, create a, a test plan for XYZ and it'll do it. Um, you can ask it to be as specific as, as tell me all of the uh, atomic weights within the periodic table. Um, and put them into a flashcard. You know, that's, it's, it's helpful. It's something that, you know, it's one of those type of tools as you're growing up saying, why didn't I have this when I was going to school as a kid? And I'm kind of jealous of some of these students today that actually have this tool at their um, disposal. But it kind of gets tricky when you kind of break it down. Um, What if we were able to type into this device, write a 500-word essay regarding the um, battle at Bunker Hill using, from a, from a, um, using citations from this particular book and write it as if it's a high school final essay or you can ask it to read the entirety of Frankenstein and write a three paragraph synopsis of what the monster might be experiencing um, and write this as if you were an eighth grader or you can ask it to look at a particular book let's say um, Ready Player One and then allow yourself to write comments on how the character could should have done this versus that um, and write this as a essay paper for a college um, for a college course on film the scary part is you can and I'm the first one to tell you I be, I'm a huge fan and believe believing um, I'm a huge advocate of working smarter not harder you know and I think it would stop there you know there's a lot of discussion in schools about plagiarism and um, how it's against um, honesty codes and all forms of education uh, from the grammar school level to higher education or the college level and it's important I always like to stress the idea of saying nobody stopped to um, prohibit calculators in math you know we just adapted to show your work or you know adapted our lesson plans to really like crack down on the fact that you should know the material. It's not about the answer. It's how it's how it's um, how it's presented. Um, and I understand this is not a calculator because this would be a fantastic calculator. Imagine a calculator that can you can put in the numbers and not only does it tell you how <laughs> tell you the answer, it tells you how to do it and shows the work. You know, we we've had the internet for years, um, but this one is a little different. But it's still within that same vein. Um, 
and it's something I think as from a society um, view we need to kind of assess how we're assessing our students how we're uh, how the lessons are teaching our children and how we can work with this technology rather than completely ban it because I think there's too much um, there's too much time in and and too much intelligence and I use that word sparingly to to waste this on as uh, to call this a dangerous product um, and I've always been a sucker for innovation and technology and anything that's technologically advancing uh, society for for better goals now Malcolm this this sounds like more like a dream rather than an issue so with this exact technology there are some dangers and I look at it from perspective of both a designer or of the consumer I should say and I look at it from the perspective of a business and I look at it from the perspective of a society I'll start with the product itself it's a great tool I I think this tool deserves a Nobel Peace Prize I really do it allows us to you know get rid of the idea of busy work in, in our society. You know, the email writing, the, the short answer, the things that you truly won't have to learn, you know, or use in your day-to-day, as kids have been saying for, for decades. When am I ever going to use math? Am I ever, you know, I, I don't know how to do taxes, but I thank God I know how to uh, co-sign a triangle or whatever. Um, and they're right. This allows you to have the knowledge and execute it at your will. So what happens, though, when it comes to your job? I know some industries today that are using ChatGPT to write their emails, to, you know, to put things even to, uh, what do you call it, um, to make things politically correct or business speak, like per our last email, or if you refer back to the previous statement, uh, those small things <laughs> that really didn't matter, but society said it matters, so we did them anyway. Um, but it's not just helping the workers or the consumers, right? It's also hindering the 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 company, or hindering them, the, the, the company's uh, employees as well. So what happens when someone's a legal writer, it's the secretary's job to write out all of these tools, or write out the schedules and tell Mr. So-and-so that their, that their meeting has been pushed back or they're ready for you in room two, all of that information, you know. What happens when we don't need that? And I'm going to be quite honest with you. I was somebody who said, we will find a way, you know, um, as we always have. And I, I always scream the idea that no one really, you know, mourns the phone operator, right? We all have cellular devices and they adapted. 
but those were things that was a process of, in my opinion, that was a process of um, innovation. We have to lay away the old things, adjust them so we can make them more efficient and take those people and bring them back. And now these people are operating those devices, whatever, you know, the phone operator now is probably someone in IT when your phone doesn't work rather than someone sitting at a desk 24 hours a day hoping you call <laughs> you, you call somebody so they can just push that uh, you know switch that line over and that's kind of where the disconnect ends or that's why that's where this is where the danger actually comes in and the danger is it's not necessarily a tool anymore or it's not being used as one it's being used as an answer uh, it's being used as a um, replacement or um, a, a, a way of achieving our a company's baseline rather than relying on the people to to to, to perform those tasks and that's where it kind of loses me. It loses me because now there's people out of work. There's people out of out of jobs, not because that not because you know of performance or or any other issue. It's because of short-sighted visions of corporations and and nearsighted investments. And here's what I mean by that. I am a huge advocate of ChatGPT. I am not a huge advocate of skill replacement. Technology is a tool, not a replacement. When I look at like the carpenter, right, or the idea of, of a carpenter, a one of his tools isn't replacing him, right? It's it's something he uses to create that chair. Um, it'd be silly to discredit the carpenter for all of his skill um, and limit it to a specific tool set or a specific um, technique. And when you do that, that's when the technology becomes overestimated. People overestimate the technology in saying that this is what the work should be valued under. And it, re- it reduces the ability of a skill. The skills no longer at this point matter. It's about the production and and it's harmful to employees and and it's harmful to businesses because now they're playing a numbers game of quality of of quality and quantity over um accuracy because now we have or we imagine a world where there are people who 
are out of, or not say people, let me just start naming professions. Imagine a world where there are lawyers that don't exist. And what I mean is that, like, imagine a world without lawyers, imagine a world without judges, um, content creators, imagine a world without designers, imagine a world without engineers. Imagine a world without um, social servants, scientists, data researchers, anthropologists, any type of possession or any type of position that requires a skill or 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 a know-how or a technique. Imagine a, prof- a world without teachers, and you're and I'm saying, Malcolm, this is you're being so over dramatic. It's just a tool. It's a tool, yeah. But you and I both know that the people who are making the decisions don't, or at least do not care. When it comes to AI and the corporate in the corporate setting. It's it's very scary to see that there is a lack of empathy for the skill set because the profit is more valuable. It's the idea of the... Um, I like to put it, uh, if anybody's a huge fan of The Sopranos, um, everybody loves, you know, receiving all the gifts and, you know, everybody loves a mink coat, but they really don't care how it fell off the truck, let's say. You know, it's called the, the mob wife syndrome. Everybody loves the diamonds and the mink coat, but you just, when you look past the curtain, somebody had to, get, someone had to get got. Uh, for you to have for you to have it and I would like to believe that most people are not comfortable with the behind closed doors um, injustices of, of how corporations and how industry is valuing the their employees their skillful assets and that's that's something to keep a close eye on, you know. Um, I've talked to a lot of people, and and you're going to hear from some of them um, within this episode. But I talked to some, and they and repeatedly I hear that the the empathy and the etiquette and the concern for working class citizens, and I don't mean blue collar, I mean people who have a skill set, who went and had a degree for this particular, um, for their profession, for their craft, um, whether that be, you know, business or, or technology or medical, whatever, you know, whatever that, that field of work is, um, a degree doesn't mean anything anymore. Sadly, that's the case. You know, a, a degree no longer means anything 
especially a college degree, because I I just don't know where, or I, I mean, I know, and we all know, but it's just hard to see that we're so comfortable as a society or as the corporations of the society to not value that. There was a time when a college degree meant you were an expert in your field. And that seems to no longer be the case. Not that that is not true. Of course it's true. People put a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of of our parents' money to make sure that we are a valuable asset in society and making sure that our skill is refined and and we are able to produce um, hopefully something we love, but for sure something that, and just for sure knowing that we're good at producing it. And we see a lot of these corporations and a lot of these companies and a lot of these industries shying away from making sure that their main bloodline is not, which is the working force, or their skillful individuals, um, are replaceable. There was a, I was, there was a person that I, you know, that I saw that had a post, and um, they're looking for another job because of the massive layoffs going around, and it said something along the lines of, hi, I'm replaceable. And I could go into, you know, a whole um, heartfelt message about people are special. And, you know, of course, that's that's not what we're going to be doing today. But the fact that this person is an educated individual, um, smart as a whip, someone I know personally and is good at what they do and talk about. Just, just having the understanding that their occupation labeled them as irreplaceable, uh, or, or, or sorry, not irreplaceable. They are that they are replaceable, and I have none of the patience for it. There's a lot of issues that I've talked about in previous episodes and there are a lot of issues that are on people's minds Um, and I say this specifically to those individuals that number one, it's not your fault number two, this is not a reflection what's going on is not a reflection of your skill um, not a reflection of who you are as a person or or what you've done or don't know, this is this is beyond even my understanding. Uh, now, granted, if you're someone taking, you know, 18 different um, <laughs> uh, water cooler breaks and, and 33 bathroom uh, bathroom breaks um, within eight hours, maybe, yeah, maybe it's your fault. But for the vast majority of you, I know that's not the case. You all, and, and I'm going to speak specifically to my generation, um, the Gen Z of it all. If you're born in ni- 1998 in, in um, post, this one's for you, I guess. Um, it is more than difficult. It has become damn near impossible. I commend 
each and every one of you for you all's dry humor that I couldn't, I, I could not live my a single day without being uh, sarcastic. It's it's fantastic, um, but I look at that that you know that type of mentality because you all know this is kind of some bullcrap and and still find a way to make it interesting and funny. Um, I relate to you. I mean, I have no choice because I'm going through it with you, but I 100% get what you all are, what we are, are going through. It's, I understand that we have not received a single ounce of what we worked so hard to receive. We believed in the world that never was meant for us by design. Um, we did everything, uh, and, and some of you are all going to get this, we did everything they said and followed all the rules. We even ate 101 black licorice jelly beans through a straw. <laughs> um, to quote SpongeBob, I... I'm at a loss of words with you, and I just wanted to say verbally on my tiny little platform that you're not alone. There are so many people that that, that I've talked to recently in making this podcast who's sharing the same um, tone of voice um, regarding, regarding all the stuff that's going on. Um, whether that be the the economy, whether that just be the social going ons of the world, um, and like I said, there's there's more episodes coming. <laughs> but um, I the the one thing that everyone's gravitating towards from my research that I've gathered is that it's just not fair. And I've always rebuttaled it by saying, of course, life's not fair. Life isn't supposed to be fair. You know, but but life isn't supposed to be impossible either. And a lot of us haven't seen those well-deserved, much-needed um, um, results from all of our hard work. The ageism is rampant. You know, I, I know some of you all are hearing the same. Um, you need more experience. Um, I hear you. There's there's so much I want to say, but I'm gonna condense it kind of into this small tab, this like small segment or this little nugget of wisdom, I guess, if you want to call it that, um, or my observations. There's nothing more you can do when you've given your all. And I know some of us have given more than our all. And it's not fair. It never was fair. Um, I don't even think by design. I don't think it was malicious. The world that we were dropped into, I believe that it was ignorant. Ignorance, not, not maliciousness. Um, we 
we really didn't have a chance. You know, we we really didn't. And I'm and I'm looking through uh, some of the I, I surveyed and talked to like about a, a good chunk of like you know maybe 45 or so individuals uh, about this topic. Um, I could pin it on. That's probably why I don't post um, regularly. But I'm not gonna lie to you all. I would love to. <laughs> um, but what I find, what, what what I'm finding is that it's it it's very bright and intelligent and insightful individuals who we're just kind of cast aside as this moody. Um, people who desire things instantaneously, people who are so fair-weather-minded that, or just in, in since we're not taken seriously. I believe that my generation is the most intelligent, most empathetic, um, most caring, funny as hell and I think we're going to get through this Um, which kind of leads into I mean we're still talking about the chat GPT thing I just wanted to uh, point that out as a small side tangent Um, but yeah so getting back to the uh, AI situation um there's a lot of issues with, um, and I'm only going to talk about the design space for one of these, but I can talk about what's coming down the pipeline. Um, what you're seeing from the chat GPT or the AI situation is, um, the age old question. I mean, the age old, um, scenario of if we can do it cheaper, we will. And as a company, as a corporation, why would you say, Oh, there's person X who gets paid, you know, X amount of money to do ABC when we can have an individual that does the exact same thing for free. Cheap labor always wins. Um, and that's kind of where we're going to get into today. So in the design space, um, there's a lot of stuff that goes into creating applications and websites or experiences regarding um, several um, industries. Like think of your your Apples, your Amazons, your oh your Googles, anything. Right? It it took time. It it actually takes a lot of time. It's not just someone in a dark room just typing out some mystical code and then op plops the, the perfect website or something. No, there's actually a whole process that I would love to go into detail, um, but I don't think you all would find that interesting. Um, so there is, on the design side, there is the UX and UI process, um, the front-end development, there's back-end where people are actually doing the, the code and and actually typing out from from wireframes and then there's p there's stakeholders and then there's there's um research and there's a you know um data analytics and there's a whole thing for you to play for you to um 
for you to look up Grumpy Cat, there is an entire team of, of individuals who are dedicated to make sure it's the best experience for you, right? And all of those tasks and skills are jobs. You know, it's not just, again, a, a success, now there are some. It's not just a successful uh, website or a successful company or a successful application or um, experience has maybe, hun- you know, hundreds of people behind it. And all of those are individual people who have an individual um, um, responsibility, who all are uniquely educated and experienced in their field, working together. Um, your little crash course on design. Um, chat, chat GPT, or specifically um, AI in general, can take all of those people away. If you wanted to type out, especially developers, I'm really scared for them um, because their stuff is a little more concrete, a little more um, fixed. So imagine a device where you tell it, create me the code in... I'm just making this a Python um, to develop a search engine that allows you to search Grumpy Cat. I don't know why I'm using Grumpy Cat today. It's very old, but it's the best example that I have. And I said it already and I have to commit to it. So before, you know, it would take someone, you know, there's a developer, um, back-end developers say, hey, I know, you know, I know Python. I've been doing Python for X amount of years. Um, And they, not only is he skilled in Python, he can also do it in Java. Wow, look at him. He's fantastic. Um, It would take them, you know, a couple days, you know, if they they were really, um, and I'm no developer by any means, but if they were uh, really an expert (laughs) at their craft, they can, you know, say, I can do it for you in Three days tops, you know, whatever. Then, um, then you would have in three days, perfect, beautiful, without without skipping a beat. Then you have this AI where you say the exact same phrase: "Create me a search engine using Python." Within the next five seconds, your code is there. That's right. It works. There's nothing wrong with it. I think that's brilliant. I do. I think it's a tool, you know. Uh, imagine, you know, that's that's just crazy. You can just think of something and there it is. Um, but that doesn't really help the developer. Now, imagine there's only one. Sp- you're that developer. Just Let's just say. And imagine you are applying for a company. And that's the only, and they only have one spot. Would they give it to you? Think about that. They probably wouldn't. Or they might, depending. We don't know. But that's something that you have to take into account when you're now... for a position or the validity of your degree 
are you even valuable anymore? Imagine someone who passed the bar, let's say last week, due to certain regulations, chat, GPT, or AI can do your job for you and against you. I think they were going to have a, um, I, I believe it was shot down, um, not physically, but it was um, it was denied that there was a, a case that was going to have a, def, uh, be, let a, um, an AI, uh, maybe ChatGPT, I don't know, uh, but um, represent them in court and it would do all of the, not proceedings, but it would do all of the the necessary steps and rituals that any anybody who passed the bar would and be accurate um, according to the law. It can pass the bar with 80% accuracy. I'm not saying lawyers are obsolete, but what would you rather have? Would you rather pay that lovely retainer or would you just like to fire up your app? And it's not, it's not a bad thing. I mean, it, 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 it but it's, it just, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's a harmful thing because what is the value of the skill it's emulating? You know, I, I, maybe, and I don't have the answer. I, I, I think I do. I'm not sure if, if it's the right one, but I, I believe that it might, my answer might fall in between. I understand how it helps, but all I'm seeing is the danger. And I first have to say this, like with all tools, and you've probably heard me say this before, I do not believe in an evil tool. I believe in the person wielding it. You know, there's, it's, this thing could allow or have so many different applications um, that could benefit and assist um, society, either through accessibility, uh, you know, uh, purposes or, or just entertainment. Um, I know, I know so many people that have just created, you know, um, (laughs) fun art or scripts of certain films, uh, what if scenarios, they're, you know, it's fun to do, but I had to take a step back and kind of really reevaluate what, um, what the potential of a tool this big could, could, um, could unleash on the world. And it's, it is a little scary. I agree that this is a very powerful, I've I've just, and and again, I've only been on this planet, what, 20, 25 years. Um, And I've seen a lot of things, especially we live in a very rapid society. Um, (laughs) um, Like within my lifetime, we went from, I guess, cassette tape to, um, Bluetooth or whatever it's called, 5G, whatever it is. Um, but I've never seen a tool more powerful. I've never seen it. It, it just, it's really, it's, it's, it's impressive, but it's scary. It's, it's 
It's horrifyingly beautiful. Um, and I guess that, you know, it, it, it's bothering people in my generation because it just seemed like the next necessary, or even, uh, the next eventual step, you know, minimum wage hasn't gone up since name a year in the eighties. Um, inflation is high. All of these factors that are, you know, the, the, the debt ceiling is still chilling where it's at. Um, and then this just seemed like another apocalyptic monolith just coming up saying, hey, not now you're replaceable. Um, and I don't believe that you are because what I think this tool lacks is skill. I do not think um, imitation is skill. Skill is skill. You're like, Malcolm, you just use the definition of the definition. Okay, don't sue me. Um, let me say, let me use this as an example. You know how some parakeets or parrots, I think they're called, whatever, the talking birds, um, can say full sentences. Um, you know, like, hello, Polly wants a cracker, um, good morning. Give me a kiss is a more popular one, what they say, um, if you're on TikTok. Um, and they can repeat it. That doesn't mean they're in a linguist in the English vernacular. That doesn't mean that their um, their auditory understand or their like their language understanding is that is so refined. They're imitating. They're making sounds that sound similar. There's no thought behind it. And that's where I think we'll kind of win in this. As, as, as people who have a craft, um, I believe that that's, that's the defining line. I, it can only do what someone, in, as of now, you know, it can only do what someone inputs. Um, one of my cohorts um, kind of said something that really interested me or that, that kind of stuck with me is that um, if you if there are some things where in life, not even just technology, but in life, if you put in garbage, you're going to get it's going to put out garbage. Right. Not. And he said it's the same way for the AI stuff. It still requires somebody to know what they're doing for something to be impactful, for something to be accurate, for something to be to take into account all the issues of um, whatever that that thing is trying to do, or or prioritize any information that you might think. Like it may be able to pass the bar and and represent somebody, but it wouldn't necessarily know the type of questions one would ask. Um, or, or should ask in particular um, instances for designers. Yeah, you can say, write this website. It, it didn't do any research. It didn't do any, you know, any background knowledge. It didn't ask any users. There's no personas. You know, it's just creating a thing based off of what you want. Um, and those of us in the design system really know that that's not a successful way to produce a product for people who are 
using this to teach, um, excuse me, not teach, but to use this during schools, like, congratulations, you got an A on this paper. Can you remember it a single thing it said? Because now you, now you have a high school, college degree, and you probably don't even know what the class was about. Um, and I understand the temptation, again, I understand the temptation of, of wanting to use those particular tools um, and, we, and trust me we're going to get into the busy work conversation coming up but there's I get it I get it I get it I get it there's a way in which that chat GPT and these AIs are or can't um They can't replicate the important aspects of skill. And that's something that we, as a generation, as a people, as a country, as a society, need to value. We need to value the time, the effort, the time it took to do something, the effort that it took to to create it or to produce it or to refine it, we need to um, really, really crack down on valuing the the human experience rather than the human uh, production, if that kind of makes sense. Um, And I sincerely hope that that's something that we will kind of receive from everybody in our society. Um, So what I'm actually going to do, um, because there was one particular one that I wanted to share uh, some thoughts that I had with um, um, regarding this and some of the people that I asked. And I believe that this message was one that really encapsulated everybody's collected um, feelings toward it towards this whole issue of the AI thing and the, and the job market and craft and you're going to be hearing from um, one of my friends, uh, Jason he is a really intelligent designer he's fantastic, he's a cool guy too so um, this is kind of what he had to say regarding that I mean, I've been on uh, the job hunt since December, uh, unemployment, woohoo, and uh, um, so yeah, there's there's things uh, like job postings and whatnot. There, there's a lot of jobs that are looking for people with three to five years of experience and specifics in what programs they're working with and stuff like that, and. For someone like you and me who have only been out of college for like two years, 
well, they might consider us because we do have experience, we have shifts in products and that's good, but there are people with those three to five years experience and a lot more projects than us that, that we could have done in two years. And that is an issue for us because we can't get those jobs. There's those people that come along with more experience, they're gonna get those jobs. Uh, and the only way we get those jobs is if we lowball ourselves, salary-wise, hourly-wise, and that is, it is just unfortunate for us. And then there's the other side where there's the entry-level jobs, and those <laughs> typically are like for people who are coming out of college and whatnot, people who are graduating in December. Uh, those people might get priority, maybe, I don't know. Uh, but because you and I, we have like two years, like I said, we might be considered because we do have experience and that might be beneficial to them, but we also might have too much experience. And to me, that doesn't make any sense. And then there's the AI thing where the technology is to a point where it, it works. It works really well and it's, it's cool. It is cool. And its existence at this point is a danger for us because the higher-ups and executives and shareholders of companies are going to see this technology and they're going to say, we can just use that. We don't need to pay someone $60,000 a year to make a few boxes on a thing. And the thing is, is the AI will give them something that works that looks decent and they'll think that's it. But they won't know how to push that farther for their users to make it as efficient as they can because the AI can only do so much, but it can do a lot and that's the issue. And the last thing I, I want to say is that for people who are struggling and are concerned about the way jobs are going to go, just keep your head up. We are all talented. This is what we chose to do. This is our craft. We can do this. And because of that, when those companies come looking for us because the AI can't do everything, we'll be ready and we'll be able to do our job very well. So just keep your head up, stay knowledgeable, keep your skills sharp, and we've got this. Uh, thanks. And I wanted to kind of reiterate or stress um, what he talked about. And I love that message. Uh, it's very hopeful. Um, maybe his hope more the most hopeful one that I've seen from uh, the rest of the people that I've actually uh, interviewed and talked to um, for this particular episode. But um, we are the, the AI can't do everything. And I hope that... Um, this, this isn't just, now I'm going to say this is, this doesn't go for just my industry, which is kind of the one it's attacking the most right now. So all the coders and the developers and the designers and things like that, um, and you know, knock on wood, um, I'm going to be speaking to, or I am speaking to every other profession as well that it could potentially affect, um, own your craft. There's, there's nobody else 
that can do a job better than you if you especially take pride in what you do and how you do it that's a generational question or that's a generational message um, that's a industry message that's a personality message that's an that's a message for those who it applies to so I have to say that, that this was something that was important to me because I love what I do at my job I really do um, you know and I, I went to college for that degree and I'm good at what I do and no one can not no AI can take that away from any of us uh, just like every single one of you um, the world kind of handed us a crappy deal um, the way things are going for every for literally everyone this generation hasn't really gotten a break since birth and um, just like Jason said um, keep your head up it's we're we're a great generation so um, if you want to learn more about what Jason does, um, you can either hear me blabber on about the UX process or not, um, but he'd probably be a little more fun to, to, to talk to it about. Um, I'm going to put some of his uh, contact and some of his uh, information in the description of this video. Um, there are There is more to come to talk about because there's a bunch of other episodes um, and topics that I'm going to be touching on. Uh, coming up and I just want to say thank you for listening if this is your first if, again if this is your if this is not your first time coming here it's this one was a big one so it probably seems a little different if this is your first time coming here I can lie to you and say it's always been like this come back for more um but then again that would be a lie it's usually me talking about singular uh, issues and for much shorter um short burst episodes than which you see today but I, I digress but please keep coming back for more um you can share this to anybody probably um anybody with a spotify don't send it to your dog um so yeah they, again stay tuned for part two of this episode we're going to be talking about um a lot of the experiences of be, feeling heard um, from a generational standpoint or um, being validated through our experience in America or the world abroad um, and having to kind of adjust and deal with some of the uh, dealing with the environment that we kind of don't have a control over. Um, that one's going to be a little more of a heavier topic, so don't watch that like don't listen to this first thing in the morning if you want to be in a good mood um but i would love to have you um as a listener um so yeah so thank you for listening for everybody joining us for the first time and um repeatedly um stay tuned for more topics and you have been listening to number 51 um see you in the next episode